We're in the book of Esther, chapter 8. Wow, we took a little break, didn't we? Yeah, Esther, chapter 8. And uh, what a great chapter. We're just about done with it. 8 and 9, 10. Well, 9, 10 maybe together. We'll see how that works in the next couple weeks. But um, as I was going through that this week, looking at it, Pastor Leo was like, want me to preach? I'm like, no, I got it. It's great. I have friends that can do whatever. Isn't that good? That's really good. Thank the Lord for that. Thank you, worship team, for sacrificing. Thank you all for sacrificing, and uh, we're just blessed to be here. Well, you know how the Lord speaks to me, right? He always speaks to me in the backyard. It's my backyard. It's the fence that I've been working on for the past 13 years. You're like, you're like, what? I got two sides done. We went from the wood post to the metal posts, okay? You're thinking, no big deal. Okay, have you ever taken out a post with 60 pounds of concrete in each post? Okay, I'm not talking about going down and renting the equipment, Home Depot. You know, I'm talking about good old pick and whatever you can do to figure it out, okay? So every year I do two posts, okay? One time, well, me and the neighbor did one side together that one year. We got that done together, so that was done. And the other one did it. You know, we prayed about that, and the Lord brought the funds. We got that one. Now, I'm working on this third side, so every year I only do two posts. And so this time, I took off three panels. Well, I said, what are you doing? I'm doing my two posts this year. So I'm out there, you know, in the first year where it was back. In, and so um, I got to where I had to have a big cement block, and I had a big two-by-four attached to the bottom. I was breaking the cement. I, I jumped on it, and finally they pop out of the ground. I mean, I, I spent hours. It took me three days to get two posts out of the ground, okay, three days. And I was leaning on the shovel for five minutes at a time. Okay, back out with that spud bar. You know what a spud bar is? It's about a 50-pound, big old long bar, and you're trying to break that. Anyway, I was going to look at my neighbor, because we share the fence. Like He's like, he's back inside. He's like, you got that, man. I mean, it's the Lord speaking to me about this fence, you know. And I'm like building this wall. And the Lord's like, "What are you? Why are you building this fence?" I said, "Because keeping things in." He goes, "Why well, are you keeping things in? Or are you keeping people out?" Have you ever built a wall? Every time something happens to me, like let's say you say something to me and it hurts me. Or I get damaged, I build a wall. Huh. He is never, she's never going to get inside there ever again. I will never let that wall down ever again. Because I don't like to be vulnerable. Or am I just, is it just me? No. You've got walls, you didn't even know were there, that you've had since childhood. Because something happened. And you built a wall up because you'll never be hurt again. Never. Uh-uh. See, we build walls, don't we? We do. Remember the edict that King Xerxes said that every Jew on certain certain day will be annihilated? Think about it. You're a Jew and you're living in Persia. And you know that day's coming. What would that be like? <laughs> it's dark, it's gloomy, and it's coming. 
and you're in another land, away from home. I don't like to be away from home, do you? I like being home. I don't mind going away for a few days. I'm back home. Because I like home. I like the consistency. I like the food. I like my company. Right? But we build these walls, and so when I think of walls, I always think of, you know, the walls of Jericho. Right? Joshua chapter 6. So, here's a quick little picture of maybe ancient Jericho. And when they went there, they're going to get ready to go into the promised land because they were in Egypt. Now they're coming around. They're coming in, and they get there. And the Lord says, I got a battle plan. You're going to march around the city once each day for six days. So, they just don't say a word. They marched in order, had a certain pecking order. They marched around one day, and then they rested. Next day, get up, walk around once. Six days. Now, on the seventh day, march around it seven times. And then shout. You know the story, right? I read it again today from my devotional. It's kind of a neat little story. And um, guess what? The wall came down. And if you really went there, the digs they have now, and looked at the walls, it's an amazing thing how thick these walls were, how tall these walls were, and to think the Lord's going to do what? Then I started thinking about that great wall of China. I've never been there. You ever been there? I did the 10-minute history tutorial because I'm like the worst history guy. I, I, I hated history in high school. I hated it. But I had to go back and learn. So I was looking through some tutorials, and this wall, they started like in three Third century BC building this wall up to the 16th, over like 16 centuries to build this wall, the Great Wall of China. Over a hundred thousand plus people died making this wall. They're trying to keep in the guys coming in from the north, the Mongols, on their horseback, how swift they were. They wanted to stop them in their tracks because they were wanted to what? Protect their nation. The Great Wall of China. That is a massive 10,000 watchtowers, 1,000 passes getting in and out at the human cost of hundreds of thousands of people died, 10,000 plus miles in length, some places 30 foot thick, 25 feet tall, and it goes on and on. But you know what? Today, over one-third of the wall is gone. You know what? Walls do come down. Eventually, walls come down. Then I started thinking about that back when I was younger. Remember the Berlin Wall? They built this wall from east to west Berlin because the east side, the Soviet side, was like, we're not going to let my people come over there. But people wanted to go back and forth, but they put the wall up, and you can't do it. And over 170 people over the 39 years or 29, whatever long it was, were killed trying to cross over. You've seen footage, right? People trying to go through the barbed wire, run around, you know, trying to just get across. They did hot air balloons to get over. I mean, they, they were digging tunnels. They were, I mean, just to get over. Building walls. That wall came down in 89. JFK went there, 
Ronald Reagan even had a speech there. So, you know, told the Soviet guy, tear the wall down. That's cool. Well, there you go. Still learn my history. And it came down. People were with picks and hammers. They were right. So there's this edict that King Xerxes put in effect. And, okay, we go back to Esther, right? So Esther chapter 1. The queen would not go and parade herself in front of all these drunken guys. She wouldn't do it. So chapter 2, he gets another queen who just happened to be in Persia, whatever. God has you where you are for a reason. Where you live, where you work, what you do for a reason. So, chapter 2, this wonderful queen becomes queen, Esther. Mordecai, who took care of her, is there. And in chapter 3, the king elevates Haman, his second in command, and then everybody's supposed to bow to him, but Mordecai won't. So Mordecai and Haman have a little scuffle thing going on. So Haman says, you know what? I don't like, I don't like you. Matter of fact, you're a Jew. I don't even like all the Jews. I'm going to kill every Jew. He goes to the king, has the king make an edict to kill all the Jews. Remember that? Kind of get you up to speed. So, there's this edict now, and it goes to all the land. He has 127 provinces that the king's over. This is a huge king of Persia. And so they declare on such as a day, all the, all the Israelites will be killed, the Jewish people. Chapter 4, Mordecai eventually talks to the queen and says, look, you've got you to gotta talk to the king. You got to get this thing stopped. Chapter five, she gets to go see the king and promises a banquet. Then in six, Mordecai is honored because he helped the king at a scuffle at the gate. Some guys wanted to kill the king, so he did some things, but wasn't honored till later because God had a plan for his life as well. And Haman, who was going to actually have Mordecai hang on the gallows, eventually himself got in trouble, and there in, what was it, seven, Haman gets hanged on the gallows that he himself built. Remember that part of the story? What a crazy story. But up until this time, up to chapter eight, it is nothing but dark and gloom and issues and problems, and you know, this wall is so tall it's been around for so long. This king, his heart is hard. It's unchangeable. The boss I work for, my neighbor, maybe it's my wife or my husband, they're like it. Their heart is so hard. There is no way it could ever change. There's no way. So you have a few options with walls. I just quit. I'm going to quit. You ever quit on something? And you wish you didn't do it prematurely? Because it's so easy to say, I just quit. Isn't it easy? I quit. 
right? What's harder? To stick it out. So, we're going to start getting a little nitpicky here in a second. Just hold on. Don't leave yet. i got to go to work. Well, hold on. Just hold on. Give me a minute. Don't start meddling in a second. Because nobody wants to go in there and mess with those things that we've built. It's dirty in there. It's messy. And you don't know what she said to me. You don't have any idea what he told me. You don't have a clue what I go through. No, I don't. But I know what I've been through. And I know how I've been hurt. So let's read chapter 8. That same day, King Xerxes gave Queen Esther the estate of Haman. So Haman was on the gallows, and now he gives the estate. Well, all the, here, Queen Esther, it's all yours now, because I've got it back from me. I got back the signet ring now. Here, you can have it. So she goes, oh, okay, that's nice. And so, and Mordecai came into the presence of the king, for Esther had told him how he was related to her. Verse 2, the king took off the signet ring, which he had reclaimed from Haman, and presented to Mordecai, and Esther appointed him over Haman's estate. Esther again pleaded with the king, falling at his feet and weeping. She begged him to put an end to the evil plan Haman the Agagite, which he would devise against the Jews. I mean, she is begging for their life. This is dark. This guy's heart is hard as a rock. But God uses this queen. You know the great thing about God? Sometimes he's the only one who can do it. So many times we want to do things ourselves. We got this. No, you don't. Because you can't change someone's heart. You know, when I was in the hospital, I was praying for Michael the Archangel to come in. Protect this church, protect my house, protect me. God, send them and break through. Because this is an attack. I need, I need the Lord on my side to do something. You couldn't do it. Only God. Today's sermon, only God. Who are you going to call? So she pleads with the king. She begged him, which she had devised against the Jews. Verse 4, the king extended his golden scepter to Esther, and she rose and stood before him. If it pleases the king, she said, and if it regards me with favor and thinks the right thing to do, and if he pleases with me, let an order be written overruling the dispatches that Haman's son of the Hamadatha, the Agagite, devised and wrote to destroy the Jews. So what is she saying? We know this edict cannot be revoked. That you can't. You cannot overturn the edict. But if you do another edict, that supersedes this one, then you're able to kind of cancel it out. So please, O king, write another one. For how can I bear to see disaster fall on my people? How can I bear to see the destruction of my family? So verse 7, King Xerxes replied to the queen, Esther and Mordecai the Jew, 
Because Haman attacked the Jews, I have given this estate to Esther, and they have hanged him on the gallows. Now, write another decree. The king's saying, okay, his heart's starting to change. Write a decree, he says, on my behalf for the Jews as seems best to you, and seal it with the king's signet ring. Who has the ring now? Mordecai. For no document written in the king's name and seal with the signet ring can be revoked. At once the royal secretaries were summoned on the 23rd day of the third month, and they wrote out Mordecai's orders to the Jews and the satraps governors over, what, 127 provinces, stretching from India all the way to Cush. These orders were written in the script and given. Verse 10, Mordecai wrote in the name of the king Xerxes, sealed it with the dispatches with the king's signaling, and sent them by mount carriers and rode as fast with his fast horses, especially bred for the what? For the king. So the word's getting out now to the Jews. What? Hope is coming. We're going to overturn this edict. The wall is starting to tumble. And there's hope coming to the people. Let me tell you, that wall that you're facing right now, there's hope. There's hope. There's a little glimmer. There's a, there's a crack in the wall. It may be tomorrow. It may be next week. It may be 10 years from now. But that wall will come down. Question is, are you going to quit? Or are you going to push through? What are you going to do? But you don't understand. My son, I, I've raised him. He, he's, he's just a stubborn head. I pick boys till I got boys. I don't know about girls, but they're so, they're princesses. They, they, don't, they don't have any stubbornness in them at all. They're, it's different. It's just boys are stubborn. Stubborn. There's a whole row of them. Stubborn. You don't know that 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 mate of mine, that wife, man, she is man. Stubborn. I heard it. I heard it. Stubborn will. Not iron will, stubborn will. Robert Frost said, you know the great American poet? Before I built a wall, I'd ask to know what I was walling in or walling out. So in verse 11, the king's edict granted the Jews in every city the right to assemble and protect themselves. Now here, the tables are starting to turn. And next week, it's going to be a neat week, the next chapter. It's kind of a neat, kind of weird thing. But anyway, we have to read, and read on. Had, they had the right to assemble now, protect themselves, and to destroy, kill, and annihilate any armed force of any nationality or province that might attack them and their women, children, and plunder the property of the enemies. Hold on a second. What just happened? They were the ones going to be killed. Now they can what? Now they're the ones who can what? Defend themselves. That's crazy. Twelve. The day appointed for the Jews to do this in all the provinces of the king Xerxes was the 13th day of the 12th month on the month of Adar. A copy of the text of the edict was issued as a law in every province. 
and every nationality so the Jews would be ready for that day to avenge themselves on their enemies. Wow. The couriers riding the royal horses raced out, spurred by the king's command, and the edict was also issued in the citadel of Susa. Mordecai left the king's presence wearing his royal garments of blue and white with a large crown of gold and a purple robe on the front. Can you imagine this now? Mordecai is wearing all this garb. I don't know if he liked it or not, but he's wearing it. He's all this flowing stuff now, all these chains and rings. I mean, oh my gosh, you know what it tells me? <laughs> a little side point for us guys and gals. When you do something and take care of the little things, you take care of little Queen Esther when she was a child, and you do it the right way. This is what you do. You love Jesus, take care of this, and you da 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 And then she grows up, and you check on her every day, every day, every day. You check on her. You doing okay today? Nothing bad today? Are you just checking on her again today? The little things. Then God says, I'll give you 10 cities to take care of. Why have I only got an old beat-up car, Mom? That's all I've got, beat-up. Because you probably didn't take care of that old beat-up car. Do you wax it still? Take care of it? He'll give you a Mercedes next. But you've got to take care of the, the, the beat-up one first. Burger. Get back in my text here. I'm telling you, that's a great little side thing. Take care of what you got. Even if it's rusty. Got to give you more. So, Mordecai left the king wearing all these garb, and the city of Susa held a joyous celebration. They're having a party. For the Jews, it was now a time of happiness and joy. Gladness and honor. Wow, what great hope. In every province and every city where there was joy and gladness among the Jews, feasting, celebrating, and many people of their nationalities became Jews. Wait, and many people of other nationalities became Jews. Why? I'm a Jew, <laughs> right? Why? I'm a Jew now. Because they know. Now their day's coming, right? Hmm. Yeah, building walls. Mm-hmm. I was with my high school buddy. No, I'm sorry, my college buddy. I had a, my, my, went to college. It was great, great experience. And my roommate, great Christian guy. We went and played racquetball. He's a little small guy from West Virginia, a little short guy. That dude could play racquetball, man. I was all over that court, man. And he was like, I don't know, like 18 to 3 or something. I'm like, I'm like, God, just quit, man. I still play, but I was like, yeah, whatever. You know? And he stopped the game. Stop! I'm like, what? You stop. He goes, what are you doing? I said, I've already lost. He goes, you don't know that. Don't ever quit. Well, I mean, he gave me a riot act on the right wall court. I said, like, whatever. He goes, don't ever quit. But what I didn't know was that a couple days before that, he'd already take me down. He's a wrestler. And he would he took me down in the dorm room and, Pin me down within three seconds. Now, I'm a giant. I'm tall. He's a little strong. I'm like, whatever. Come on, get it on. I was like, okay. I was like, tap, tap, tap. Okay, okay, I'll give up. He goes, you give up? I'm going to take you down. Yes, sir. I still lost, but I played with all my heart. Don't ever quit. So you can quit or you can crash through. Mm -hmm. 
We quit jobs, we quit education, we quit relationships, we quit spiritual quests. Some of you guys have quit your spiritual quests. You're like, you know what? God never shows up. I love him, but I'm done with that. You quit relationships, man, whatever. You know, I'm just done with that. I'm just done with it. I think God never quit my education. Everybody in my brother was telling me, quit, you're killing yourself. It took me 10 years. But I said, man, I'm doing this. I don't care if I kill it. I'm doing it. Doing it. Thank God I didn't listen to voices. Don't listen to voices. Listen to this. What's the Lord have to say about it? What is God's mission for your life? Endurance turns your vision into reality. We have to start building endurance. And the only way I know to do endurance is to have discipline. And the only way I know to get discipline is every day I get up, I do the same thing the same way every day, and I make sure I build endurance, and I'm not going to quit. I don't care. When I'm not quitting. I'm going to do what I need to do today, take care of the family today. It looks bad, yes, yeah, so I'm going to do it today. I love my kids, love my wife, tell them I love them. I'm going to make some dinner, go to work, come home, take a nap. Yeah, take a nap, kids, too. Take a nap. And then I'm going to do it again tomorrow. I'm going to do it again and again. It looks bad. I know it looks bad. I know I can't fit it. With. I know I'm still going to do it. I'm still going to, I'm still going to do it. No, 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 Years go by. And I'm still going to do it. I'm still, I'm still going to. I'm still. I'm not quitting. I, I don't care. It looks bad. I don't care. I don't care. I'm going to read his word. 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 I'm not going to quit. So how do I build endurance? How do I crash through those quitting points? How do I do that? Do whatever you must do to never quit. I'll say it again. Do whatever you got to do, but you won't quit. Does that make sense? You got to sell your house, go to a smaller house, do it now. You got to change jobs, change jobs, change now. Don't quit. Does that make sense? I think Pastor Hill's got a cabin out there in East Texas. You can just sell these, go there, just go there and live. Go there and live. Take your shack out there and build it. You know, whatever Whatever you got to do, don't quit. Right? What's it look like for you? I don't know. For me, back last summer, it was, can't do youth anymore. I can't. I can't. I so want to. I can't. I can't. I just can't. I'm sorry. I'm praying God will raise somebody. I'm sorry. I just can't. So I did what I needed to do so I wouldn't quit. Does that make sense? And I'm pretty sure there's this fella that we knew real well that that is, like, incredibly awesome that when he came, and he went through his life all the way to the cross, he never quit. Because at any second, he could have called legions of angels to his rescue. Huh. Take care of that. Done. Got that problem. What would you say to me? Did you spit on me? Did you put that nail? Right? He did it with joy in his heart. How does that work? He didn't quit. 
then you should quit, right? Know that the adversity you're going through helps build endurance. Everything you're going through is helping you to endure. For what? I don't know. But God has something planned for you big. Big. If it's not here, it's on the other side. You may be taking care of a couple tribes. I don't know. Three, ask the Holy Spirit for strength. Jesus looked at them and said in Matthew 19, 26, With man, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. Father, I need strength. Holy Spirit, give me strength right now. And you know what he does? He gives you strength. Because when you ask, he answers. It sounds so easy, Pastor Jeff. I'm telling you, I know I've been there. I was there this week. I can't read, Father. Okay, brother. Wife calls Mark. I'm not, you, know, you couldn't do it, but he, my brother, he's, he's just in touch. Get up here. He comes up there. Hey, how you doing? Big old bear. What are you doing? Like, you sick? Yeah. Well, hell, I'm not ashamed. Let's, let's, uh, let's pray. You know Mark, right? Well, get it on, brother, because I can't read. i got to read. All right. What's that tweet again, brother? Just pray, brother. Just come on, quit messing with me. Prayed, left. I can read. <laughs> so, some practical steps to help you. You ready for this, for this week? Ready, practical steps. To help you when you're faced with walls. When you're faced with difficult, when you're faced with something you can't do yourself, okay? Write down five possible solutions to your problem. Just sit down and write five possible solutions. One, two, three, four, five. I only got four. Okay, write down four. Can you do that? Write it down. Then remember and quote Matthew 19, 26 that we just that we just said. With man, all these things are impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Memorize it. With man, all these things are impossible. But with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. Let me say it again. With God, all things are possible. Quote it, memorize it, say it. You're driving down the road. With God, all things are possible. You're drinking a soap pot. With God, all things are possible. Drinking a cup of coffee. With God, all things are possible. Eat a donut. With God, all things are possible. You guys gave me some great food this week, man. I mean, I was eating chips and salsa and spaghetti. And, and, oh, my gosh. I can't remember it all. It was so good. With chilies on something else. I had a big old burger. Fries. The more I eat, the less I, I, I was losing weight. Messed up. Must be the medicine I'm on. Sometimes it's messed up. Still losing weight. I can't, I can't keep it on. Three. Take James 1.5 at face value. Take James 1.5 at face value. What does James 1.5 say? James 1.5 says this. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously, he gives generously. 
Our God gives generously. Can I have one fry? Here, here's a whole dozen fries. I was in the, I, they wouldn't give me nothing to eat, right? It was like for like two, three days. I'm like, and I told the nurse, they were all in there, all talking. I was like, if I could just have just one. It was like for just one chip of ice. Just one chip. And they were all like, <laughs> just one, please. Just put it right there in my tongue. I'm serious. I was like, just, just one chip. No, Mr. Thor, you got to have a test going. You can't tell me nothing to eat. I'm like, just one, one chip. Just, they're like, <laughs> this guy gets out of bed. He gets nothing. He gets nothing. Just one chip. I'm serious. I asked for that. They're like, we feel your pain, but not today. And this is bad now. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. I didn't say what day. I don't like that part of the stick. But. And last, this is the one that you don't like. Meet with others for accountability and let your walls down. But I become vulnerable. Yes, you do. But there's no other way to become healthy except to share and obey. I know where that came from. Like a handout. Who likes to share their garbage? Not me. But you see, you need, we need each other. That's what I like about our church. That's what I like about small group. That's what I like about my friends that I have. Because when it gets right down to it, I have trouble. I have trouble. I'm in this skin, and I got troubles. And I got problems. And I've been hurt. You've been hurt. But it's when I find that, I don't tell the whole world, I just tell a couple guys. And we deal with it together. And then we come back next week, how's it going? Man, it's terrible week, man. We sat there and talked about it and it got worse. Did you call me? No, I was just kind of doing my own thing. I think my number's working. Is your phone good? Yeah. Well, give me a call. I'll meet you anywhere. I will. If I'm napping, I'll try to get up. I'll be there as quick as I can. Right? But it's when you start to open up that healing comes. Okay, then if, it, if you can't find a brother, then find a counselor. Find somebody. Christian counselor. Somebody to open up to. Because the walls that are there need to be what? Torn down. And the Holy Spirit can do more in one second than you can do in a lifetime. One second. You give the Holy Spirit one second? He can restore marriages. 
He can get your boy off of drugs. He can take care of your neighbor. He can take care of your boss. He can take care of, right? It just takes one second because why? God is all about breaking down walls. Bottom line today, God is all about breaking down walls. 